Hey guys, what is up? It's Coach Mark here of the Everyday Fitness with Coach Mark podcast. I have a special guest today. His name is Scott Bapti and Scott has a Master of Science in Sports Nutrition and a social media following of 200,000 people. He has transformed the lives on baselines of hundreds of people from complete beginners to seasoned gym goers to professional sportsmen and he has worked with many FTSE 100 companies, host one of the top rated fitness podcasts in the UK and regularly contributes to the BBC radio and has written for almost all the leading fitness publications. He practices what he preaches and as a result, he has appeared on the cover of several leading fitness magazines as a fitness model. And in today's episodes, we're going to talk about the ideal nutrition for fat loss. Let's dive in. All right, Scott, welcome to the show. Welcome to Everyday Fitness with Coach Mark. Thanks for having me, buddy. Looking forward to it. All right. Um, you, you listeners heard it in the intro, um, but I want to hear it from Scott. Who is Scott? Um, just give us the, the rundown. Okay, keep it short so I don't bore them and I'll, I'll try and talk with my clearest accent so they don't get confused by this Scottish accent in case anyone thinks I'm Australian or, <laughs> or Irish or anything. Uh, anyway, I'm a sports nutritionist by trade. I've got a master's in sports nutrition, but I typically now cook and create high protein recipes for people who predominantly want to lose weight and just eat a bit better. Um, I've done this for quite some time. I have um, also done some fitness modeling. I've been on some magazine covers. I've dabbled in natural bodybuilding. I've written a book about weight loss, um, hosted a podcast like yourself. And yeah, that, that's it in a nutshell, really. That's awesome. Um, so I want to go right into it, dive into it. Um, and you said you're a sports nutritionist um, and you are a cook. So in, in general, what would be your ideal meal for fat loss uh, or weight loss? So I like to really challenge what people think is a healthy meal or is a good meal for fat loss. Cause I think people think that they have to just eat kale and broccoli and boiled chicken and, and brown rice and all the stuff that they're never going to stick to in the long run. So I would more like to teach people about um, being mindful about the total calories they're having in their food um, learn a little bit more about how much proteins in what they're eating and essentially give them the the tools to then be able to cook whatever they like so long as it fits within their amount of calories so if they are trying to lose uh, body fat then we need to create this calorie deficit and you want to fill the plate with typically what we call high volume low calorie foods so that is your your vegetables your, your green veg and also get some protein on there too and some carbs because i think people think that you've got to just not eat carbs if you want to to lose weight and then at the other end of the scale, people trying to gain weight, it's pretty much exactly the same foods. It's just down to greater portion size and more calories, normally for more carbs and fat. Um, but yeah, that's, I would say I, there isn't a, one single meal that people should have. It's whatever they, they like and they can stick to and it's nutrient dense. It's got lots of vitamins and minerals and there's some fiber in there too. And just a nice mixed plate of food, a bit of everything, carbs, protein, fat, veg. That's a good meal. 
That's a good meal. That's awesome. So um, you said there, there's, you have people that want to lose weight. There's people that want to gain weight. Um, in general, to, to lose weight or to lose fat, uh, let's, let's talk about the fat loss, not just the weight loss, because we don't want to just lose weight. We don't want to lose muscle mass. Um, we want to lose fat. What would you say in general, like let's say throughout the day, how many meals, how many snacks would be ideal for somebody um, between 40s and 50s, 40s and 60s um, who has an office job? Yeah, job, what would you recommend them in general? So in general, I'll try and ask people, um, I, again, I don't really have a set plan I'll, I'll try and get work with them and say what works best for you um like some people often about meal frequency at the moment one of the popular things is you know fasting and people are saying oh should i fast and skip yeah. breakfast and so on and i say well if you've done that before and it's worked for you and it's allowed you to control your calories you made progress you felt good you didn't get too hungry then yeah fasting's fine But if you are someone who, say, has done that, you said, no, no, by 10 o'clock, I was so hungry. I just wanted to go to a vending machine and grab some chips or um, candy or anything like this, then I would say, right, let's not intermittent fast. Let's get some (laughs) breakfast. Let's plan a mid-morning snack. Let's try and meet them where they're at and see what they what will allow them to stick to this routine because i think that's the the biggest thing is making sure that whatever changes you make trying to be healthier you've got to actually want to do it and you've got to want to stick with it and you've got to want to keep doing it once you get to your goal weight because i think a lot of what people do is they make all these huge changes trying to be healthier and, and lose body fat and they're so unrealistic, they never stick to it. And they might yeah. do it for a few days or a week or a month and then yeah. boom, it's straight back to what they, what they did before. So rather than trying to do it all at once, is trying to just make the simple changes and that they'll, they'll stick to in the long run. So in answer to your question, what's an ideal thing? I would say to the person, well, what's the most realistic for you? Because say you do have a busy office job and let's say that you only have set lunch breaks and there are only certain times that you can maybe leave your desk or whatever. There's no point you trying to eat every three hours um, yes. because you can't do it. And they, people might get stressed and go, Oh my goodness, I can't eat. What am I going to do? Um, and they get confused. Just say, well, let's try and plan out maybe a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Make sure there's a good serving of protein in each, try and get some more vegetables in because typically um, breakfast often doesn't have a lot of protein for people. If it's, you know, cereal and toast, we say, well, let's um, maybe add some eggs in, add some low fat dairy, add some um, lean protein from somewhere. You don't just have to have protein at lunch and dinner. You can, you know, have chicken at breakfast, put it in an omelet. Uh, and then for snacks, it's often a good idea if you're in an office to try and just have some um quality foods available to you so if you buy like a big bag of apples on a monday take it in so it's there on your desk if you want a snack there's an apple uh you don't have to go and you know buy a sweetie or or anything like this um and another tactic that works quite well for people is often if you're cooking a big meal at night and that's your you know your your good meal and you know what's gone into it just make some more and take it in for lunch the next day because then it saves money it saves food prep you know what's in it uh, it can save time um so yeah those are i haven't answered your question directly but i've gone about it in a different way 
That's a perfect answer because I wanted to put you on the spot because as a personal trainer for the past 17 years, I always get the same, same questions asked. Hey, what's the best meal for me? What's the best nutrition plan for me? And I was like, uh, well, we need to figure out what's the best for you. And you need to tell me what you've been doing in the past. I can't yeah. just give you, and, and that's the funny thing online right now. There's so many meal plans out there. Um, so many diets out there. People cannot cannot sustain that they cannot be committed for the rest of their lives and that's what we're trying to figure out hey what works for you best what can we really what how what can you stick to for the rest of your life and i think this is the, the biggest 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 challenge um and yeah i wanted to put you on the spot yeah. but let's let's go let's go a little bit um to your challenges um to your 30-day fat loss challenge um what can people expect in there what is the main main topic obviously in nutrition um but what what is what's the structure yeah yeah so the 30-day fat loss challenge is as the name suggests it's a 30-day meal plan the goal is is to lose body fat and we're typically looking to lose it around the one to two pounds a week because if you look at research that's been shown to be more sustainable some people can lose much faster than that if they have um more fat to lose initially some people less if they're already slightly leaner but the challenge is really to get people into that habit of of falling in love with cooking uh, and and learning that there isn't really such a thing like we said as a fat loss meal because people look at my plan and go oh my god there's cheese on here there's chocolate there's bacon sandwiches there's milk there's um bread there's pasta all the things that people are constantly seeing on blogs and the newspaper that they have been told that is bad for them and that they can't have and they shouldn't have it. And I'm saying, well, yes, for example, pasta. Yeah, we'll have some pasta. But in order to control the calories for the day, we're only going to have it for the evening meal. And the next day, you'll take it in for your lunch. But instead of the pasta, we'll have whatever the protein was. Let's say it's turkey bolognese they would just have a huge serving of green veg with it and the pasta would just be in the evening because that's just to control the calories. Um, and also to get an idea of having some snacks in so that they aren't um, we're trying to avoid feelings of hunger throughout the day. But people say, oh, I can't eat the mid-morning snack or I can't eat afternoon. I say, no problem, just have it later in the day. Don't have it. Have a larger meal at night. Oh, I can't eat breakfast. I wasn't hungry. No problem. Skip it. Have a larger lunch. You know, it's it's just to get a structure, a rough structure, but it's exactly. you can modify it based on what works for you. Absolutely. So I always get the question to, um, I get tired uh, throughout the day, uh, especially in the afternoon. Uh, what can I do to sustain, sustain the energy and not be sleepy during, during work hours? Um, what would you recommend in like the afternoon? What could be good to sustain the energy in general? Yeah. The funny you should mention the, the sleep question because I also get it and I really like it. And the first question when somebody says, normally it's, they look for a quick answer like, what supplement should I take for more energy or what food should I take? I'm always tired. And I say, well, when did you go to bed last night? Oh, I was, yeah, binge watching Netflix till 11, 12. Uh, and then I got up this morning at six. I'm like, okay, so you've had six hours sleep and you're wondering why you're tired. So rather than look for the food and say, well, 
why don't you go to bed an hour earlier or read for half an hour before bed so you can wind down, you're not thinking about work or try and create a sleep environment so that you've got you know, blackout blinds, there's no phone in your room, you're not going to bed hungry, try and get better sleep first. Uh, and I'm amazed the amount of people say, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> that makes more sense. But let's say you are doing that. Uh, I think a lot of people, if you are again in working in an office, if you are exercising, it's fairly common to maybe work out straight after work before you go home and, and have your evening meal. So let's say you're training five, six o'clock at night. It's not uncommon to have not eaten um, since lunchtime, which could be 12 o'clock, one o'clock. So you've got you know four or five hours of when you haven't eaten anything, and then you're going to exercise and you feel that you're not getting that much from the workout. And the basic sports nutrition principle is make sure you're fueling for exercise and then you eat again afterwards to recover from exercise. And lots of people are are better at the recovering part. And, you know, there's a greater awareness of protein. Uh, so have some protein after and maybe eat some carbs. But this pre-workout's forgotten. So if you are feeling a bit tired in the afternoon, and especially if you're working out, let's plan in a snack, three o'clock, half past three, whether it's, you take a larger luncheon to work and have half at midday, and then you maybe have half at three o'clock, boom, hit the gym at five. And it gives you about, you know, two to three hours before working out is as ideally you'd want to have something. Absolutely. And even if you're not training, if you do just feel like a bit lethargic in the afternoon, still just plan in a little snack. It could be that piece of fruit, some peanut butter and rice cakes, a protein bar, a yogurt, a glass of milk, just something to just, means that you're not always thinking about the next meal and thinking, I just want the day to end. I can't concentrate in this meeting because I'm so hungry. I just want to go home and have dinner. So it's so yeah. good that you say that because I feel like, um, especially uh, I taught so many boot camps in the past in Hawaii, LA, and um, people come to my boot camps in the, in the evening, 5.30, 6 o'clock after work and ask them, what did you eat? What, did you have a snack before? Because it's going to be in high intensity interval training. And if you don't have your body fueled properly you're not gonna have a good workout and um they said yeah, i ate at 12 o'clock the last yeah time. like six six hours and they're feeling completely out of energy and then going into a workout yeah definitely good advice there and um i want to talk a little bit about the downfalls so what do you think are the main downfalls when it comes to um weight gain in general um because i always see it it's not usually the the regular nutrition the meals uh, there's certain other things that people do in the let's say they snack bad snacks like a lot of processed foods or they even drink their calories i don't know what what would you say is is the biggest or the oh that's probably one of the hardest questions you could possibly <laughs> ask uh i think because there are so many different factors that can influence um, weight gain, both ones that you have full control over, some you have slight amount of control over, and some you have no control over. Um, and I think for each person, it can be very different. It can vary, again, depending on your your knowledge of food, your awareness of exercise, your um, financial situation, if you're able to afford certain foods or gym membership and so on. So there's so many different factors. But I think... And I'm going to reverse your question slightly and say, yeah. well, what's one of the biggest problems people have with or, or struggle with losing weight? And um, I think, or one of the pitfalls, and I think it, it can often be unrealistic expectations. 
And I think that this is, again, not the person's fault. I think it's largely the media and social media and magazines and so on. When people see these crazy detoxes um, that promise, you know, lose you know, 50 pounds in seven days. I'm like, really? <laughs> if you want to lose 50 pounds in seven days, you need to cut off a leg or something like that. That's the only way you're realistically going to do this. So people think that faster is better. And they'll often, you know, make these changes, whether it's that they'll say, right, Mark, I'm coming to your boot camp. I'm going to eat super clean. I'm uh, not going to drink any beers. And they do it all at once. And they just feel feel terrible because they're trying to lose so much weight. And we say, look, hang on, let's just slow things down. And if we can just, first off, maybe stop gaining weight, that would be the first goal. People overrate, uh, underestimate, sorry, the, the importance of just maintaining weight. So we say, let's do that. And then if we can maintain your weight, then let's try and drop the weight down. That's progress. And people say, oh, I've only lost a pound this week. And say, look, it's good. You know, if I say, if you only lost a pound this week, it's 52 pounds a year. If I said to you, oh, last year you could have lost 52 pounds, you, you'd bite my arm off to try and do that. It's a Big great thing. number. So slow and steady wins the day. And I think um, that's a big one. Um, and again, I'm, not, I'm like a terrible yeah, yeah, guest. I don't answer your questions. I just turn it around to give you a different yeah, one. I love that. I love that. Um, I always get also the question about, okay, I have been eating certain foods for a long time. Um, and I love those foods, they're, but they're not really healthy for me. Uh, what do you think about food addictions in general from, from childhood on growing up? Um, what kind of a factor it is? So again, there's, there's a lot of research into the effect that food has in the brain uh, and looking at sort of addiction pathways and so on. And the common one is, is people talk about having a sugar addiction and they say, and they you see study or articles that say, you know, sugar lights up the same pathways in the brain as cocaine does. Yeah. And people go, oh my God, sugar is just the same as cocaine. But then if you also look at it, so does watching enjoyable TV, having sex, all these like awesome things in life light up that same response. So it's, it's, it's not quite as simple as people make it. And yes, looking at people's relationship with food, um, both psychologically in terms of is it a comfort eating source? Is it due to sort of relationships from the past that they might have had very restrictive? Their parents might have always said, no, you're not allowed to eat this because yeah. it's a bad food and so on. It, I think it's, it is very complicated. Um, and the, the jury still seems to be out on whether you can be addicted to food in the same sense as you can be addicted to to nicotine and cigarettes and so on. Um, but if someone, to turn this into something that the listener can hopefully find helpful, if they say to you, look, I, I eat this food too often, let's use the example for me, right? Yeah. Potato chips, well, we call them crisps in the UK, but I know your, your listeners okay. over on the side of the palm will call them, call them chips. Uh, I, I eat chips all the time. I love them. But if I was to try and eat, eat less of them or if it was chocolate or not alcohol, but that's slightly different because, again, the way it works. But on, in terms of whole foods, if I was to say I want to eat less chocolate, I wouldn't just say, I'm right, I'm not eating it for a month. You know, some people in January, it's what you're going to give up. Oh, I'm going to stop eating chocolate, stop eating chips. Again, the moment you say <laughs> don't eat something, all you think about is that food. So why I talk to people, I say, look, okay, I get it. You want to eat less chips. What we'll do is rather than having them every day, 
Let's only have them every second day. Let's only have chips at the weekend. Let's only have chips if you get 10,000 steps that day. You can have some chips in the evening. You know, it's, it's create uh, some habits that will help you to cut back, not necessarily cut out. Because the only reason you would need to eliminate completely would be if it was um, like bad for you. I've seen it was making you physically ill from eating that food like you developed an intolerance or you became allergic to something or it was too expensive or you couldn't get it but normally most people eat less rather than don't eat at all exactly so i have to go to your social media a little bit because i i really uh stalked you a little bit to <laughs> some... <laughs> okay, man. i do that too yeah, yeah, exactly yeah to to get uh, some cool stuff out of you and um i saw a picture a throwback picture where you were probably, um, you said it before, you were um, a fitness model, model in I general. know the picture you mean, right? Black and white photo, me going like right this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> shreds so, on shreds. And you said, okay, um, back to the times when I was super shredded, uh, but right now I enjoy food or my nutrition better. Um, talk a little bit about that. What is the difference right now? Yeah, so back then when I was doing all the fitness modeling, I would have been early 20s, no wife, no kid. Um, all I had to do, or, or I could go to the gym every single day if I wanted. You know, I didn't have to answer to anyone. I could eat any way I liked. But the problem is I got so, um, I was so driven by it and almost... I wouldn't say it controlled my life, but it was like the most important thing to me at that time was working out and being shredded. And yes, okay, working out is beneficial. And there are other benefits to working out other than being shredded, improving your strength, less likely to get injured, better posture, hundreds, we know this. But in terms of being that lean, there really aren't many benefits to it other than just the feel good and you look good. But it required so much effort. And I remember, you know, friends of mine saying, let's go out and have a pizza and a few beers. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. But hang on, I need to work out my macros. I, okay, if I have, looking at the menu in advance, you know, how many calories are in this pizza? Yeah. Okay, I'll have that one. And oh, I can't have any beers, but I'll have that. And it was so much effort yes. for not that much reward. Whereas now, I haven't tracked macros in years, but I maintain weight by just, creating habits like i don't drink um i try not drink sunday to thursday but not realistically it's, it's monday to thursday but the weekend it's a nice day yeah friday i'll have a beer i will yeah. open some wine with our dinner um same like i won't order takeaway during the week but the weekend if somebody says let's all go around and have a pizza well not now in covid but you know prior to that let's go meet up have a pizza sure i'll do that um and it's, it's just a lot more relaxed. And I think that that is a thing I wish I knew back when I was doing all this, that it, you can be more relaxed and more moderate. It doesn't have to be like all or nothing. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like um, it's all about balance, right? I mean, if yeah, you're going 100%. too much in one direction, it's it's not really beneficial and it, it might hurt you more than uh, it has a benefit for you. I want to talk a little bit about hormones, um, testosterone, cortisol, stress hormones, especially when it comes to fat loss. Um, I feel like people nowadays, especially in their jobs, are so stressed out um, and not just from that. And they have so much pressure, especially the times now with COVID. Um, it's probably a little bit even, even more pressure than it was before. Um, what do you think about um, stress and fat loss? 
So I haven't read the research on this for a while, so I'm a little bit out of, out of date on what may have been happening in, in recent years and so on. But yeah, there, I remember there was this link between, again, if you are very stressed at work, it can, again, affect your um, affect hormones, like you said, high cortisol levels and so on. And that may play an effect on, on rates of weight loss and so on. But I think what has happened is that people have started to really focus in on hormones and trying to manipulate certain ones by saying i'm going to you know i'm focusing on like cortisol and uh i need to work i'm hungry so i need to start thinking more about my ghrelin levels and my leptin levels and, and it's, they start just missing the big picture and try and focus on these tiny little elements that often you can't isolate and control on its own that they just get lost and make no progress so for most people i say like you don't need to try and worry about specific hormonal manipulation unless you have a medical reason for doing so. Like, you know, you should be paying attention to your insulin levels if you are diabetic. You need to pay attention to your thyroid hormone if you are taking thyroxine for low thyroid output or anything like this. For most people, there are bigger and easier things to focus on rather than going down the rabbit hole. Got it. Got it. Um, I want to go to the fitness section of it because we talked a lot about nutrition. Uh, we talked about sleep. Um, what does Scott do on a regular basis when it comes to workouts? Um, maybe tell us a little bit about the past and tell us about what you do right now. Yeah. So in the past, when I was doing the fitness modeling stuff, I'd typically be doing resistance training five times a week. Um, I'd, do, I'd make sure I'd train a body part twice per week. So I'd typically do a chest and arm split, um, chest and arm, sorry, uh, shoulders and back, legs, upper body, legs. And that was how I could train everything twice within a seven-day period. Uh, two rest days, and then I would maybe add some cardio um, through sport, not on the gym or treadmill. I played racket sports or squash, badminton. And that's what I did back then. Now, again, pre-COVID, before gyms were closed, they're opening again here now, but they've been closed for a long time. Um, I would do less weightlifting and again, more sport and more all-round stuff. So before I used to not miss a workout like five days, I've got to do this regardless of the weather I'd be training. Whereas now I've got kettlebells that I'll take outside and can do a whole body workout. I'll do a little bit more cardio. I'll go out on my bike if it's a nice day. I'll um, I play more sport. I play, started playing volleyball again several years ago, having not played since school. Um, so I, I lift less the before the only reason I lifted was to try and get bigger and put on more muscle. Now it's more about thinking, can I hit the golf ball further by doing supporting exercises? Can I stop my knees hurting so much if I go for a long walk by doing more squats and so on? So it's really just it's completely changed a lot. Yeah, same for me. I mean, um in the past when when I was uh, in the early twenties working in a in a fitness club in Germany, um I definitely did more weightlifting and did I enjoy it much? No, but then again, what you just said, it's aesthetics, right? That most of the people right now want, you see it on social media. I just want to get bigger. I want to get more ripped, blah, blah, blah. Um, right now, as you said, sports, full body workouts, working on motion, mobility, movements in general, um, and in general, staying active and just maintaining um a good structure in your body. I think that's this is this is my yeah. goal. It seems to be similar to you. 
It's so much harder. I don't, how old are you? I'm 38. 30, okay, you're a little older than me. I'm 34. But since, I don't know about you, but when I got to 30, I suddenly, like, <laughs> it takes so much longer to recover, getting wow. injured more. And I think, I remember I could train and not feel sore the next day. And now if I do some, you know, lifting or anything slightly different, even in the garden, if I'm, you know, <laughs> I was building a fence for a whole day last week and the next day my shoulders and back <laughs> and everything are sore. So yeah, now it's about trying to stop that happening as much as I can. And I know it's only going to get worse. So, and um, yeah, and that's the thing for me. I just want to be pain free, you know, Uh, I I play soccer a lot, two, three, four times. Sometimes my head always thinks I can do more, (laughs) Uh, but then uh, my recovery phases are so much longer. Uh, Even, I mean, I sleep seven and a half, eight hours, always um, have good nutrition, but still I think um, with age and we are young, I mean, let's say uh, we are over 40, over 50. I want to know how it is. And then it's even more important to really work on, on balance, good workouts, um, smart workouts, also uh, good nutrition, uh, nourishing your body, really, really important and recovering. Um, yeah, I agree hundred um, percent. Let, so I, I want to know a little bit about uh, where people can find you, what they can find. Um, tell us a little bit about your websites um, because I want to, want to have my people, uh, experience you fully. I appreciate it. Well, I'm fortunate that I have a slightly unusual surname uh, and that when I say my name, people go, oh, how do you spell that? Or do they never go, which Scott Baptist is that? There's a couple when we, I went on Facebook, I think we all, the only, the four Scott Baptists in the world, we all added each other as pals or something sad like that. But the best place is, is to Google me. If you just type my name into Google, then you can find me on a place where you're at. So just search Scott Bapti, uh, Scott with two T's and Bapti, B-A-P-T-I-E. That way, if you're on Instagram, you can get me there. If you're on Facebook, you can get me there. Um, if you listen to podcasts, you can get podcasts there. That's the easiest place. You can choose. I won't, I won't tell you where to go. You can, you can pick. Got it. Uh, what do you talk about in your podcast? Well, the podcast that haven't, um, it's kind of been parked on hold. We haven't recorded an episode since d- December 20. 20- 19. It's kind of yeah. been postponed for the last year and a half. But um, the podcast was probably similar to you, to be honest. It was just a mix of stuff that would be beneficial to listen to. Like we did, I had experts, professors on sleep come on. I had um, people who had run marathons through the desert and like crazy challenges, but also real experts in the field. And I felt that we kind of got to the point where we covered most of the important stuff and any more we're just going down and then like i say this these areas that don't, don't really make much of a difference but yeah. for people who want the the important stuff then yeah they can check them out there's 150 episodes that they, wow. they should give us big content that's, that's amazing well thank you so much scott for for being on my show um i appreciate that so much and um to all the listeners check him out he is such a a wealth of knowledge and um check out his fat loss challenge thanks man really appreciate it great to speak to you and uh, hopefully your audience will find something at least hopefully one thing helpful (laughs) they will they will 
hope that you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Fitness with Coach Mark. Hopefully you're feeling fired up and motivated to get going. All it takes is just 30 minutes per day. Get your hands on Coach Mark's incredible free workout challenge or join him live for an online workout every single week by going straight to completethechallenge.com. Super easy to remember, completethechallenge.com. Don't forget, the key to results is consistency. Join us for the next episode of Everyday Fitness with me, Coach Mark, every Monday and Thursday. 